Welcome in, guys. Farzine Vasugian here with you for another episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Hope you're all having a great Wednesday. It's been a very busy Wednesday. Very little time to waste. A lot to get into on the docket here for this edition of the Chief Zone Podcast. As you all know, the breaking news of the day. The Kansas City Chiefs go out and trade for a wide receiver, and it is a name everyone is familiar with, McCole Hardman, back in Kansas City, a reunion that a lot of people did not expect to happen this season, up until maybe a week or two ago. Uh, but McCole Hardman back in Kansas City, that's not the only reunion that could take place this week, uh, there's a lot of a lot of rumblings out there that Frank Clark could be back in Kansas City. We'll talk about that as well. As usual, we'll do our week six roundup, and uh, I'll give you my week seven preview. Uh, preview some of the uh, more intru- most intriguing matchups for week seven, and, and I think we've got to have a conversation about offenses in the NFL because. There are some uh, stats out there, and we're six weeks into the season now, and everyone's played at least five games, about how uh, offenses are not playing as well as uh, as they have been in years past. So a discussion about that, definitely worth having. All of that and much more, and of course, we will break down the game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. I will give you my prediction for that game. All of that and much more here on this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. My name is Farzine Vesugian. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, tune in wherever you're listening. Appreciate you guys taking the time to download and listen to this podcast. For those of you who are watching live on Facebook and on YouTube, greatly appreciate you guys as well. Carolyn, I see you. Elaine, Brad, some of you guys commenting early. Appreciate you guys. For those of you just joining us, never too late to join in. Uh, please comment. Let me know your thoughts on everything going on right now. I, I really want to hear your guys' thoughts on the whole McCole Hardman thing. Um, in fact, I'll start this out right now. Um, what are your thoughts on McCole Hardman coming back to Kansas City. We will get into that very, very soon. And I want to get your guys' thoughts after I share mine in just a moment. Before we move any further, I want to let you guys know this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Obviously, football season is in full swing. You want to catch the Chiefs this Sunday at Arrowhead. Take on the LA Chargers, a big AFC West divisional matchup. Uh, go check out SeatGeek. They've got great tickets on there. You go to their website. They'll show you a little dot next to each ticket. It'll be uh, bright green, dark green, uh, light red, dark red. And basically those colors mean that uh, the brighter it is, um, the more green it is, that is, uh, the better bang you're getting for your buck when you purchase from SeatGeek. So you want to catch the Chiefs this Sunday. You want to catch KU football, K-State football, MU football. They've all been ranked this season, so why not? They're definitely worth the price of admission. Or you want to catch a concert, SeatGeek has you covered. Go to SeatGeek.com, and if you're a first-time customer, if you've never purchased from SeatGeek before, you can use my promo code FARZINE, F-A-R-Z-I-N, FARZINE, and you can and save $20 from your first purchase. Use the promo code FARZINE at checkout at SeatGeek and you can save $20 from your first purchase. That's FARZINE at checkout at SeatGeek.com. All right, I see a lot of you guys commenting on the uh, McCall Hardman subject. Uh, Be patient. I will get to your guys' comments throughout the night. Uh, Obviously, hey, I've got all night, man. We've got a lot of things to get into here. Uh, Certainly had to... um uh, make an audible with the uh, with the podcast run now, but hey, no problem with that whatsoever. The breaking news of the day across the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs have traded for and have brought back McCole Hardman, who spent uh, six games with the New York Jets. Obviously, they're coming off a monster win over the Philadelphia Eagles, handing them 
a uh, their first loss of the season, and the Eagles were the uh, last team to lose. The, the 49ers and Eagles both lost on Sunday. The 49ers lost during the 12 o'clock time slot, and the uh, Eagles lost during the uh, 3:25 time slot. So the Eagles uh, were under, or they were uh, the only undefeated team, the the sole survivor, as they say on on the show, for uh, only three hours. And the uh, Jets handed them a big loss, but McCall Hardman was not a big part of that at all. In fact, he really wasn't a part of that. He was targeted in the game, uh, but really didn't do anything. He had one catch all year for six yards, and that one catch came against the Dallas Cowboys back in September. So McCall Hardman was hardly a part of the New York Jets offense. He was not very happy with the way he was being used. He spoke up about that publicly, and then the New York Jets said, okay, look, we'll, we'll find you a trade partner. Well, uh, Kansas City, things are not looking so well with the receiving core, not living up to expectations. So a trade was made, and McCole Hardman has been brought back to Kansas City. And look at the uh, the trade here. The, the Chiefs are not giving up very much. Um, this is very, very low risk with potentially very high reward. So, and by the way, I'll get into the high reward part because I know a lot of people... Um, a lot of people feel good about this, but there are also a lot of people who have their concerns, and I think they're very valid, and we'll get to that. But the trade details have been uh, published uh, a couple of hours ago, so the Chiefs will receive McCole Hardman and a 2025 seventh-round pick, and the Jets get a 2025 sixth-round pick. So the Chiefs, all they had to do was give up a sixth-round pick, not next year's sixth-round pick, the sixth-round pick for the year after, and the Chiefs get McCole Hardman and a seventh round in return. This was really, I mean, you hardly lost anything. I mean, this was, you can't even call this a loss at all if you're, if you're the Chiefs. You really uh, got a, a receiver back who's familiar with the offense, possesses the speed that Andy Reid wants in his style of offense. And look, right now, the Chiefs wide receivers absolutely need help right now. Um, the wide receivers are not living up to expectations. And uh, let's go over it right now. Now, your leading receiver, and I'm not going over pass catchers, so obviously we're not talking about tight ends, uh, running backs, just the wide receivers. Uh, Rasheed Rice leading the team with 21 catches and 245 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Again, just among the wide receivers. Justin Watson right behind him, 10 catches for 219 yards, has a very high yard per catch average, almost averaging 22 yards a catch. Unfortunately, dealing with the elbow injury, he is going to be sidelined for a little bit, though there's good news. Andy Reid did mention that he's not going to have to be placed on IR, so it doesn't appear like this is going to be anything long-term for Justin Watson. Now, could Andy Reid just have been saying that today? Who knows? Uh, but uh, I think we can take his word and say uh, and believe that Justin Watson is not going to be placed on IR anytime soon. Uh, after Justin Watson, the next best receiver statistically is Sky Moore. 11 catches for 145 yards and a touchdown uh, after him. Marquez Valdez scaling seven for 116 yards has a high yard per catch average, but he's only got seven catches on the season. Uh, that's uh, the fewest uh, amongst uh, the Chiefs wide receivers outside of Justin Ross and Richie James. Uh, after MVS, we have Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony has the third most. He's tied for the third most receptions on the team as a whole. Uh, him and Isaiah Pacheco each have 17 catches, but. Again, we're just focusing on the wide receivers here. Tony has 17 catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Justin Ross, three for 34. And Richie James, one for six. Montreal Washington, who the Chiefs got after the Richie James injury, has yet to catch a pass on offense. Um, let's go back to the Canarius Tony for stat line for a moment there. Because I read you the stat line, 17 catches for 92 yards. If you put the worst wide receiver out there on the field and you give him, you target him as many times as you can and you get 17 receptions out of him and he can't even surpass the 100 yard receiving mark, man, that's not a really good sign. Uh, I think a lot of coaches would be inclined to want to cut someone like that. Um, Kadarius Tony is somebody who a lot of people had high expectations. Uh, out of. In fact, we heard all offseason long the Chiefs want Kadarius Tony to be their number one receiver, even with the expectation and, and possibility of Juju Smith Schuster coming back. Obviously, he moved on to the New England Patriots, 
But with Kadarius Tony, 17 catches for 92 yards. It's not a very pretty stat line. He's averaging five, almost five and a half yards per catch. That's not very good, especially for a guy who has the speed. And listen, uh, I remember um, when the Giants got him, he did receive some comparisons to Tyreek Hill. Uh, obviously, he's not, not, nothing close to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is obviously, uh, you know, a rare animal in his own in his own right. But uh, you look at Kadarius Tony and what he can do. This guy ha- can do some dangerous things, and we saw it last year, coming midseason uh, from in a trade from New York and picked up the offense very quickly. But unfortunately. It just hasn't panned out the way anyone uh, has wanted it to this year for Kadarius Tony. But I think there's still reasons to not give up on this guy uh, with the potential he has. So I think the Chiefs are being more patient than than probably a lot of fans are right now at this point with Kadarius Tony. Uh, again, you know, you, you know, there's a potential there, uh, but it's his progress this year is taking forever. Uh, again, look at Rasheed Rice. He's your best wide receiver. Not that it's a terrible thing, uh, but I think there were certainly uh, higher expectations from other guys like Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore, uh, who have struggled this year. Uh, and I think part of it, and I watched the film, the All-22 on the, the, the Chiefs and Broncos game, Mahomes is definitely not connecting with the receivers when he can. You see them wide open at times, and Mahomes is not connecting with them. Part of me wonders if that has anything to do with confidence because the Chiefs have had a lot of drops this year. Uh, week one, you had KT and Sky Moore. Week two, you had not, not necessarily a drop on offense, but Richie James, who fumbled a punt return. In uh, week three against the Bears, Rasheed Rice had a couple of drops. Uh, let's see, who else? I think in week five... Against the Vikings. Yeah, week five against the Vikings. Justin Ross, who everyone, including me, wants to see more of. And he had a couple of drops in that one. Uh, last week, Montreal Washington muffed a punt. Um, so, so it just kind of begs the question of, like, what's going on with the wide receivers, both on offense and on special teams, uh, not, not holding on to the football? I don't know if that's a coaching concern. Uh, listen, whenever there are drops, coaches absolutely address it. Uh, so I have no doubt that Andy Reid and Matt Nagy have addressed the drop issues with the team, but something tells me they have not addressed it enough. Well enough, at least. Um, and look, something like that can really be an Achilles heel, uh, essentially a killer uh, in the postseason and prevent you from repeating and winning the Super Bowl again. So... Bringing back McCole Hardman, what does this do in the long run? Well, first of all, they got to figure out who to let go. And I, listen, let me just say this. I don't think they're going to give up on MVS. I don't think they're going to give up on KT. Uh, definitely not Justin Watson. Definitely not Rasheed Rice. Definitely not Justin Ross. I think, you know, the jury's still out on him. So that leaves you Sky Moore and Montreal, Washington. Um, I don't think they want to give up on a second round pick from last year this soon, though I can't say I'd be shocked because his uh, development is taking forever. Feels like, uh, you know, we've been using that term a lot uh, so far on this podcast. That just leaves you with Montreal, Washington. I think Montreal, Washington is the odd man out. Hey, thanks for your services. Appreciate you filling in in the uh, few games you did. But, you know, we got someone else back that we uh, have a lot more confidence in. And so it's time for them to maybe make that move and move forward with McCall Hardman. No word exa- uh, exactly yet on uh, how much is he going to play this Sunday against the Chargers, if he's going to play against the Chargers. Um, obviously, last year when he was absent for a long time uh, with the, I think it was a hamstring injury, um, it was a very weird uh, timetable. Uh, the Chiefs put that 21-day window on him, and at the 11th hour, the 11th minute, the 11th second, uh, 59th second, I should say. Uh, I mean, they're kind of just, uh, you know, not really sure. Do we activate them? Do we not? And they did. But then he comes back, I think, in that AFC championship game against the Cincinnati Bengals and re-aggravated his injury again. So the, the whole thing with McCole Hardman last year was confusing and how that was handled. Well, he's been available. He's been just fine with the Jets, but he just has not been used. So the Chiefs brought him back. And I have no doubt that they're going to use him at the earliest 
I would imagine the Broncos game next week, although maybe they want to let him kind of just get acclimated, get a couple of snaps these next two weeks and get ready for that Germany game because that is going to be the big one right there. Your offense has to uh, bring its A game. Uh, can't, can't make mistakes in that one right there. Um, so uh, yeah, you look at the chiefs right now, they're going to play the chargers this Sunday, play the Broncos next Sunday, and then Miami in Germany for that Sunday morning game, uh, which will be on NFL network, but man, um, it's just hard. It's just hard to see McCall Hardman getting a heavy load, even though he knows the offense, he's very familiar with Patrick Mahomes, all of those things. Uh, you know, how much do you really uh, put him out there? I, I don't know if I see him getting more than 10 snaps, uh, maybe a little bit more in the Denver game. And then uh, in the Miami game, you give him uh, a full load of, of offensive snaps, uh, damn near close to playing 100%. Um, that's how I see uh, the Chiefs handling that. In terms of his usage, look, uh, this is a guy who has great speed. And I uh, we did a live stream Right after this trade was announced, because uh, wh why not? I mean, this was something, this was a big deal. We had to discuss this right when it happened. So one of the things I mentioned is when the Chiefs drafted McCole Hardman, it was a very weird time, if you recall, because that was the same weekend. Uh, I think it was on a Thursday. Yeah, that Thursday afternoon, right before the first round of the NFL draft, KCTV5 released that audio of the of Tyreek Hill and his fiance at the time arguing. Obviously, we learned uh, months later that the audio clip, they, they definitely edited the whole thing and reordered a lot of things. Because when you listen to the 11-minute version, still not a good look for either person, but not as awful and horrific as they made it sound. Uh, that's a topic for another time, but you get the idea. Uh, there was a lot of uncertainty with Tyreek Hill's future at the time. So what did they do with their first draft pick, which came in the second round? They went and got McCole Hardman, and a lot of people were unsure about Tyreek Hill's future. But with McCole Hardman, a lot of people were excited to see a guy who had a, a lot of the skill sets similar to Tyreek Hill. So you had you 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 brought in. McCall Hardman for that. And I, I think McCall Hardman did some great things in 2019, his rookie year and in 2020, but it just felt like his yard per catch average did go down. And I think there were opportunities for the Chiefs to utilize him a little more, and they didn't. You look at last year, obviously before the season started, the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill in uh, March, and McCall Hardman was the only returning wide receiver. Uh, there were veterans uh, on the offense, don't get me wrong, on the on the, in the wide receiver room, but those were guys who had experience elsewhere, like Marquez Valdez-Scaling and Juju Smith-Schuster. So when the Chiefs started off the 2022 campaign, McCole Hardman was the only returning receiver who had familiarity with the playbook. He's coming back now. And look, obviously, you got to you know refresh his memory on certain things, but I don't anticipate that to be a huge deal. Maybe that's why he doesn't play a whole lot this Sunday, but I would anticipate he gets more snaps the following week. And I think his impact is going to be important. Again, his speed is one of the best amongst wide receivers in the NFL and across the NFL in general. Uh, this guy is pretty fast and can do a lot of things, can do a lot of damage to opposing defenses. And I think what the chiefs want is to bring him in to maybe help some of these other receivers, but also help open up the field a little bit uh, vertically. Uh, you can definitely do that with McCole Hardman. And Patrick Mahomes has another weapon to work with. Uh, now, I did mention before the season when the Chiefs were looking at their receivers, which they ended up getting keeping seven for the 53-man roster, there was no clear-cut number one guy. Uh, there, were, there were a lot of talented wide receivers on this team, yes, but there's a lot of what-ifs. Guys like Kadarius Toney, Justin Ross, Sky Moore, Rishi Rice, um, a lot of young, inexperienced players. So a lot of a lot of receivers that you just don't have a lot of certainty with, with what you're going to get. Uh, a lot of potential for sure. Uh, but unfortunately, the development and the, and the progress of a lot of these receivers have been very, very slow to say the least. Uh, Rasheed Rice, I think he's looking good. He's getting better and better every week. He's getting more playing time as the season goes on. And I'll get into that later on. That's very That's a very important subject for this podcast. 
Um, I had that plan before the McCall, the McCall Hardman uh, return, and definitely think it's more important now. But I think McCall Hardman is just going to bring that spark that this offense needs. Uh, and look, we haven't seen a lot of the creativity this year that I'd like for the Chiefs to. And maybe it's because they're not confident with their current group of receivers. Um, obviously, you're going to see the Chiefs try to use the jet sweep, those kinds of things with them. Maybe wide receiver reverse, those kinds of things. You know, we don't. We've never seen Andy Reid use the Wildcat, uh, unless I'm completely mistaken. I mean, maybe like one or two snaps where you see, like, um, a wide receiver take the snap or a tight end take the snap, but never like the full-on Wildcat type of offense that we saw in 09 or 08 with the Miami Dolphins and the way they used it that year, whichever year that was. Um, we haven't really seen a lot of that from Andy Reid's offense, and I think you can do that with the talent you have on this team. And even if you don't do that, you can still do a lot of different things with these receivers to opposing defenses. Listen, you have Patrick Williams as your quarterback. You have Travis Kelsey as your tight end. You're off to a good start there. Isaiah Pacheco as your running back, man. I mean, he's one of the best in the NFL right now. Top, to, uh, Close to top 10 in rushing yards. Um, and then you think of your receivers. You have McCole Hardman. You have Kadarius Tony, you have Rasheed Rice, MVS. I mean, th those are guys who have very good speed. Now, those wide receivers, they're not the scary. I mean, it's not Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Certainly not that. But if the Chiefs can figure things out, if, if they can get more in sync, that receiver group can can really do some damage to opposing defenses. There's still a lot of potential, a lot of, a lot of hope for this offense here. And I think with the McCole Hardman trade, a lot of people are hoping that things pick up quickly because it's been a very, the development of these receivers have not been good. We've got to be honest about that. So Rasheed Rice, he's looking good. If McCole Hardman can compliment him, if that can maybe help open things up for Kadarius, Tony and Marquez Valdez Scantling, boy, this would end up being a home run trade. And again, like I said early on, very low risk for this. So uh, definitely, a, uh, a good move, in my opinion, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's see what you guys think. I'll read some comments right now. Scott says, I think he was a fit here and shouldn't have been released when he, wa when he was. He knows the program and will be what Mahomes has uh, needed in his arsenal. Let me just clarify. He wasn't released. His contract was up. And he was free to sign wherever he wanted to sign. Could have re-signed, but he ended up going to the Jets. Brad says McCole Hardman kick punt returner jet sweep then slowly input him into the offense. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, Brad. I can I can see uh, that the Chiefs going that route with McCole Hardman. Corey says I hope he's the spark we need. Plus, he really can't be much worse than what we have uh, performance wise right now. Yeah, is a very good point, and this is what I've been saying. Um, we uh, we definitely need to see more production from these receivers. Um, McCole Hardman can maybe kind of be a Band-Aid and ease the uh, ease the struggles there, but his presence can also maybe open things up for uh, other wide receivers. We'll have to see how that works. Uh, Julia, I see your comment about Frank Clark. Uh, um, I'll get to that shortly. Uh, by the way, we do have to discuss, and I did not put this on the rundown. Let me just make a note of this because... Um, there we go. Uh, I'll get into that shortly, so bear with me. I'm just uh, writing a note here so I don't forget about there. Uh, I don't forget about this. Excuse me. Uh, back to your guys' comments. Uh, Elaine, I see your comment about Frank Clark. Uh, a lot of you guys are already talking about Frank Clark. Man, uh, Robert says, Chiefs definitely need Hardman's separation speed. I'm concerned about how he clicks on routes with Mahomes. It's been questionable previously. Brandon says, solid punt returner. And yeah, a reminder, he was a, a Pro Bowl punt returner. In his rookie year, 2019, listen, I, I've given you my opinion on the Pro Bowl, so for whatever that's worth to you. Uh, but Brandon says, solid punt returner, his routes last year were a half step slow from some huge catches last year. Pretty sure he was playing through an injury at the time. Uh, Cody says, I think he's much needed, uh, a, a much needed ad, but more of a Band-Aid than a repair. Yeah, I've seen some people say that, and I kind of alluded to that as well. Uh, Cody continues, I think he already knows the playbook and will be able to jump right in, but there is a reason they let him go during the offseason. Um, yes and no. I mean, I, I see what you mean there, Cody. I mean, he he certainly was not high on their priority list, but, um, you know, uh, the, the Chiefs had other 
issues to address. Obviously, they were kind of in a bind with the whole Chris Jones situation. It prevented them from signing DeAndre Hopkins, but we've already crossed that bridge there. Uh, Matt says, uh, McColl is a sure-handed receiver. Also, the drops with these with this receiving group has been a major issue. Yeah, definitely alluded to that earlier as well. Let me say something, and I, uh, I did not finish my train of thought there. Um, with McColl. Uh, remember, obviously you traded Tyreek Hill last year. Uh, Demarcus Robinson moved on uh, to the Raiders for a little bit. Byron Pringle moved on to the Chicago Bears. Uh, and McColl Hartman, I, I mentioned a while ago, he was your only returning wide receiver. So, you know, and even then, he was still dealing with some criticism last year. But when he got injured and when he started missing a lot of games, a lot of fans came around. You know, it took an injury for a lot of fans to start to come around uh, with, with McCole Hardman. Um, I hate that it happened that way, but sometimes that's just the way things work. And you look at the things he's done. If you want to listen, if someone has the time, you can go and find some, some deadly highlights of McCole Hardman just beating up on defenses. You can also find highlights. I use the term loosely of McCole Hardman, uh, not necessarily delivering on certain plays. Let me um, let me give you a really good example. Remember the AFC Championship game against the Buffalo Bills? What happened in that one? McCall Hardman has a uh, he's lining up for a punt return, fumbles it, and a bunch of Bills players were all over it. And the Bills shortly scored after that. Um, and I think it was like a nine nothing or a ten nothing start for the um, for the Bills in that game. And if you remember, McCole Hardman's on the sideline, just kind of beating himself up, putting the um, those big coats that those players have on the sidelines, putting that over his head, just doesn't even want the world to see him. And you have Kelsey and Mahomes going up to him, making him take that off and trying to pick him up right there, which is obviously leadership right there. That's what you want. Well, what happened in that game? McCole Hardman goes in there and scores a touchdown. On the following drive, what else happens? McCole Hardman gets a handoff, goes 50 yards in that game those sequence of events, the fumble and then the touchdown catch and then the 50 yard run that honestly has been a, a very fair and perfect representation of McCall Hardman's career. This is a guy who has a lot of damaging and absolutely kick ass on, on offense and on special teams for sure. But man, there are just times where, you know, he has this misstep and it really prevents him from reaching his potential. Remember, when the Tyree Kill thing was going on with with the audio clip that came out, a lot of people thought this guy was going to replace Tyree Kill, and they thought this would have been a good replacement because he uh, he had a lot of the skill sets that Tyree Kill has, and even um, Kadarius Tony received Tyree Kill comparisons. So uh, obviously, none of these guys match Tyree Kill's overall body of work, but. You have two players who have been compared to Tyreek Hill before. They have the Tyreek Hill skill set. You can win with these guys. Patrick Mahomes did not have the most sturdy receiving core last year. Guess what? They won the Super Bowl. Not to mention he had the two leading offensive tackles in uh, quarterback pressures allowed and still won the MVP almost unanimously and the Super Bowl. So a lot of people, and just, just judging, and I, I apologize, I'm not getting to um, every single person's comment here. I think a lot of people are starting to say the same things over and over again. Um, a lot of people feeling pretty good about McCall Hardman coming back. Corey's asking, do you think the drops are coming from players feeling like expectations are so high? They start running before securing the ball. Yeah, this was uh, this is a really good question. And I think that something very similar was asked years ago with Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Bow obviously had a great career here in Kansas City, but he did have those drop issues throughout his career. And it happened in 08, it happened in 09, it happened in 2010, very early in 2010 before he improved on that and just went off that year and led the league in touchdown catches. But people kept asking, it's like, what is with this guy? Is he thinking about the yak? Is he thinking about, you know, what's ahead of him instead of securing the football? Uh, I don't know. Um, it, it's hard to answer that question because um, it's hard to know how players feel unless they tell you straight up. So it's hard to answer a question like that, but it is a very valid question there. Um, I, I think part of it could be Canary Sony did not have the preseason, nor did he have training camp. He had a full off season still with the team, even though you're not out there participating 
and training camp drills and preseason games, you still had the um, the presence there to be around Patrick Mahomes. And I think that kind of thing can still, it's still better than nothing, right? We can all agree on that. Um, Jeff's asking, how worried are you if the offense is still stagnant after reintroducing, uh, reintroducing McCall? Yeah, this is, a, this is a good question. If the Chiefs offense still is struggling, boy, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, at that point, I just wonder, like, um, is this a coaching issue? That would be my, um, that would be my concern. Uh, let's hope it doesn't. Listen, I, I'm not expecting a 1,000 yard receiver, uh, from anyone except for Travis Kelsey on this team. I'm just not, uh, I, cause I asked all, all off season. I said, who do you guys think will have a thousand receiving yards, not named Travis Kelsey. And we got a lot of different answers. There were very few people who said no one. Um, unfortunately it appears that we're not going to be getting a thousand yard receiver unless somebody picks it up and starts going off every single game. By the way, someone's a couple of you guys are asking uh, what number will he wear? Number 17 is not spoken for. McCole Hardman is officially on the Chiefs uh, website. Uh, in fact, the Chiefs uh, did make the official announcement about an hour ago. So number 17 is available. So if you if you have those number 17 McCole Hardman jerseys, uh, if you put them in the back of your closet or in some memory box, bring it back out because I would not be so. I mean, why would you change your number? Um he was six with the Jets, right? Brian Cook has six. The safety for the Chiefs. Um, yeah, he's probably going to go back to 17. Probably going to wear number 17. Uh, okay, so uh, I went over that and I read a lot of you guys' comments. And I appreciate you guys who commented. Again, apologies for um, not getting to every single person's comment here. Uh, let me say this. Um the Chiefs have yet to make a corresponding move. I mentioned uh, my suggestion, uh, wh who I think it could be, Montreal, Washington. Um, let's not forget, Charles Aminahu is coming off a six-game suspension, and they have not made the corresponding move for that yet. I think it's going to be Malik Herring. We don't know yet. By the way, a lot of, uh, lot of talk that Frank Clark is pretty much on his way to signing with the Chiefs. All he has to do is go through a physical, and if he passes that, sounds like there's going to be ink on paper. So you have McCole Hardman, you have Charles Minahu, and you have Frank Clark. The Chiefs are going to have to make three corresponding moves if the Frank Clark signing happens. Frank Clark did announce on his social media today that he will be in Kansas City on Thursday, and the expectation is is that he will sign with the team either Thursday or Friday. So, obviously, we will uh, talk about that when that happens. I don't want to spend too much time on the Frank Clark thing. Um, uh, look, I know a lot of people are saying we don't need him and, and all that. I, I get that. Um, I, you know, I, I, think he, I, I think he understands that he's going to play for league minimum. And also, he's going to... He's not going to play as much, but they'll definitely let him play more in the postseason, especially because he wants to get the sack record. Um, but hey, there's always the uh, the possibility of get, getting another ring, right? And that's probably a reason why he wants to come back. That's probably why McCole Hardman is happy to be back here in Kansas City. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll talk about that when, uh, when the Chiefs, uh, if the Chiefs make that move for Frank Clark. Before we move on, got to give a shout out to a new sponsor of ours. Got to give a shout out to the guys over at Cable Dahmer Cadillac. As those of you know, I'm now a proud owner of a Cadillac XT6, which I purchased at Cable Dahmer Cadillac in Kansas City over the weekend. The next time you're in need of a new car, visit Cable Dahmer Cadillac on 103rd between State Line and Warnell and ask for Scott Toddy. Scott's a good guy. In fact, I'm not the only person in my family who's purchased a car from Scott. My brother got his car from Scott, uh, and I uh, checked out my brother's car, and um, he's been very uh, kind and generous to uh, let me uh, drive it a couple of times. And uh, after driving it, I said, I got to get one of these babies. Uh, so after uh, about a year, I went over to Cable Dahmer Cadillac and Scott, uh, really good guy, honest, knowledgeable, and very professional. and can definitely help you find the car you need, whether it's a Cadillac or any other vehicle. Go visit Scott at Cable Dahmer Cadillac 
and let him know I sent you and he can help you for uh, a new or used car and get you the car you're looking for, helping you with your car buying experience. Go to Cable Armor Cadillac at 103rd between State Line and Warnell. Go ask for Scott Toddy and tell him Farzine sent you. Yeah, I'll give you guys. I'll give you guys my score later. We haven't done the Chiefs Chargers breakdown yet. Uh, we are 35 minutes in, and we have not done that. We have not done that yet. Uh, Jeff's asking, do you do I want to see Frank Clark? Resign emotionally, yeah. Um, is it like something that has to happen? No. Um, I will say this. I mean, he. What is he? Is he like three and a half or four sacks away from the postseason record? Yeah, I kind of want to see him break that as a chief. Uh, I'm glad it didn't work out with the Broncos. Screw the Broncos. Uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, he even uh, tweeted. He goes, uh, Denver was nice. I love mountains and horses. It's like, mm. I, listen, I've never been in Colorado. I heard it's a beautiful state. I'd love to go one day. It is on my bucket list for sure. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on here. We will get back to the Chiefs talk. Let's do our week six roundup. And this is going to be pretty short. Let's go over the big games. Okay, let's keep this one simple. Eagles lose to the Jets. A very costly interception thrown by Jalen Hurts late in this one. Uh, obviously, poor late game management by Nick Sirianni and the Eagles coaching staff on, on the offensive side there. Definitely cost it. But man, um, the Jets, they're picking it up. They really are. I, I think a lot of people were scared about this team when Aaron Rodgers went down with an injury. They're obviously not winning the AFC East. Um, I mean, a lot would have to go wrong for the Dolphins and the Bills for that to happen. But the Jets are going to be a competitive football team. They will 100% be a competitive football team in that division this year. Uh, the 49ers, they also lose to the Browns 19-7. to So the two undefeated teams both lose on Sunday. P.J. Walker, the backup quarterback, filling in for Deshaun Watson with 192 yards. Um, and uh, obviously in the end right there, the 49ers kicker goes out with a chance to remain unbeaten. He missed, and the Browns hold on to win. Uh, all they did was just give it one QB kneel, and they uh, dethroned the 49ers. That, that made the Eagles the only undefeated team for three hours. The Bills... Uh, they barely beat the Giants 14 to nine. Oh boy. For, for all the people who said the Chiefs get all the calls or, or, or all the favoritism. Yeah, boy. How about those bills? Right. Um, I saw a funny joke uh, that made me laugh. The referee saw all red and thought it was the Chiefs, so they didn't throw the flag on the last play there. Uh, look, um, I'll say what I've always said. I don't care if officiating if officiating is bad across the board. All 32 deem, teams deal with bad officiating. All 32 teams get away with things. People only talk about it when it happens at the end of games. Um, listen, the Chiefs kind of got screwed over, essentially, uh Suffered uh, a nine-point deficit at one point. Not a deficit, I should say, but um, the Jets gained nine points from the refs. Okay, uh, the the whole uh, the uh, face mask that was called at the um, at the uh, one uh, in the end zone, but was actually at the one-yard line, and then the face mask from Brees Hall, I think it was, and Willie Gay getting called for a horse collar, which was not a horse collar tackle. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, the Chiefs still overcame that and won in the end. So I could not care less if people are upset about how the game ended there. Meanwhile, the Giants losing 14 to nine did not score a touchdown in this one uh, with Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. Well, I think did an okay job. Um, but man, uh, they failed not once, but twice at the one yard line, obviously before halftime, uh, giving it to Saquon Barkley got stuffed and no time left. And then at the end of the game, after a pass interference call an untimed down at the one yard line, they go for the play action, um, throwing it into the end zone and the bills, uh, uh, defender just pulling down the receiver all the way through. Uh, should it have, should a flag have been thrown? Yeah, absolutely. But you know what, man? And I understand they did not have like a full set of downs, a uh, full set of opportunities, in that situation, but you get the ball to the one and you can't get a touchdown. And again, I understand they were up against the clock before halftime and before the end of regulation, but you got to make something happen. Um, 
I got a question. Why the hell do teams, offenses, when they have the ball at the one or the two yard line and it's forced and goal, why are you not doing play action? The defenses are not going to see it coming. Even the best defenses. Um, I'm just surprised no defense or no offense does that anymore. I was watching the Oklahoma State Texas game, the Red River rivalry, whatever they call that. And um, I think it was Texas who had the ball at the one. Yeah, I think it was Texas who had the ball at the one. And they had four opportunities, and Oklahoma's defense with, with the big stand there. I mean, college defenses, definitely you can fool them with play action, uh, first and goal at the one or the two. And I'm just surprised offenses don't do that. Uh, so the Giants, yeah, talk about bad officiating all you want. I don't disagree. Um, but ultimately, uh, you have no one to blame but yourself on that one. Uh, another game that I think is worth mentioning, the Raiders beating the Patriots 21 to 17. Oh, those poor Raiders fans getting some false hope with the uh, with the three and three record right now. Obviously, that won't la- listen. I said before the season, they'll win some games. They had a very easy schedule. Uh, meanwhile, the Patriots, um, they got a touchdown. In fact, they got a couple. But it's time to move on from Bill Belichick. This guy benefited from having Tom Brady on his team. He really did. When you look at Belichick's career before Tom Brady and after Tom Brady, not very good. Um, yeah, sure, he has six Super Bowls. There's He, he and uh, Tom Brady did a great job together, but when Tom Brady moved on, Belichick just wasn't the same coach anymore. Um, I know they made the playoffs, but they got their asses kicked in that one uh, by the Bills. So... Uh, listen, I mean, he's had a lot of control and he's had a lot of freedom with that team more than a lot of coaches get elsewhere. Uh, but you're 71 years old. The game's gotten past you. Your, your way of trying to win is not working. Um, the Patriots probably don't want to fire him. I know the word was out there that Robert Kraft won't hesitate, but come on, would you really, um, this guy got you six rings. Uh, it just would not, the optics, what that would look awful. Uh, and you can't ever erase that from history. I think they're going to kind of do what Carl Peterson was forced to do, which was to resign. So I think that's going to happen with Belichick uh, by the end of this season. Uh, I really do. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about week seven games. Uh, Buffalo at New England. If the real Buffalo Bills show up, this could be a blowout. And I think the discussion about Belichick and uh, his time ending as a head coach could could really start to uh, fire up in this one. Lions and Ravens, uh, the best game, in my opinion, of all the noon kickoff games, the six noon kickoff games, Lions-Ravens. That should be a good one there. Uh, I'm expect, expecting both teams to, to score in the 30s in that one. So that should be a very good game to watch. Sunday night football, this is going to be the best game. Miami at Philly, was this flexed? Or was this already on there? I mean, if this was not flexed, bravo to the NFL schedule makers. They got this one right without having to do a flex. So Miami and Philadelphia, that is going to be your Sunday night football game. Obviously, Miami, the highest scoring offense, and they are on pace to break a lot of records uh, as a team with individuals. And then you have Philadelphia coming off their first loss of the season against uh, the Jets, who, if I recall, did not have Sauce Gardner. So both teams really wanting to make a statement in this one. And then Monday Night Football, um, kind of similar reason for why I have Philly here. San Francisco at Minnesota. Minnesota obviously still kind of struggling, but San Francisco, how do they respond after a humiliating loss against a backup quarterback? Uh, I think that will definitely be important to watch out for in uh, Monday's game. Uh, I want to take a moment and put up a graphic I saw on the Pat McAfee podcast. Uh, Here it is right here. So NFL offenses just aren't playing as well as they have in years past. You see the graphic big and bold in the middle at the top right there. Um, 16 teams are scoring 21 points or less per game. Um, 16 teams. Uh, Last year, 14 teams scored less than 21 points per game. So uh, two two team difference right there. But in general, uh, it just feels like. It just feels like offenses are behind the curve 
this year more than years past. The you see on the bottom, uh, it says scoring at a ten-year low, and they have all these little tidbits, uh, these fun facts about uh, offenses struggling this year. The one that sticks out to me is that this past week, twenty-five NFL teams scored twenty-one points or fewer. So obviously there were a lot of low scoring games. You look at the Cincinnati Seattle game, Cincinnati who has been struggling offensively, they won what was the score? 17-13 I think in that one. So Cincinnati uh, had a, a low scoring affair in which they won. And not the first time they've had a low scoring win. Kansas City had a low scoring game and they won. Uh the two teams that represented the AFC in the AFC Championship game last year. So and by the way, the Buffalo Bills they won 14 to 7. So the the three teams that a lot of people have uh ha- have called to be the three best teams in the AFC, the Chiefs, the Bengals and the Bills, all had low scoring victories for in week 6. So offenses in general have struggled immensely. And then look at the bottom right there. The 2022 average 15.2 teams per week uh 20 most for 2022. Um, yeah, offenses in general are not performing as well this season as they have in years past. So it's not just a Kansas City thing. I know we've talked a lot about Kansas City struggles, uh, but when you look at this Chiefs offense, um, they're still in the top 10 in a lot of categories, which includes total offense, they're number four in that category, passing their number six in that one, and points per game, they're ninth. If you're a top 10 scoring team, that's a good thing. And Kansas City, we kind of make it feel like a bad thing because we expect much more from, from this offense, and understandably so. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there because a lot of people feel like this Chiefs offense is not playing as well. And listen, I, I agree. There are certain things that we just went over, the wide receivers. They're not living up to expectations, uh, but um, they're, they're not the only team feeling this way. I know that may not make everyone feel better, but I think it just kind of gives you the um, the general sense that, hey, look, um, the Chiefs are not the only team that's struggling. Uh, I know Joe Burr's been dealing with a calf injury, but still in general, with all the talent you have on that team and you're not scoring I, the, the way you sh- probably should be, the Buffalo Bills, I mean, they just had their struggles this week against the Giants. So, uh, you know, there are, there are a lot of offenses struggling out there. All right, I'm going to make this one quick because we've talked about a lot of things on this podcast and we have yet to get into the Chiefs Chargers breakdown. This is the last subject we have to uh, go over before the uh, game breakdown. Rasheed Rice, let's just look at his snap count real quickly. Week one against the Detroit Lions in the uh, NFL Thursday night opener, he played 20 snaps. That's 31% of the offensive snaps. Week two, he played 12 snaps. The fewest he's played all year, that's 18% of the offensive snaps. Uh, in week three against the Chicago Bears, had a very good game in that one. He played 39 snaps, the most he's had so far in his rookie campaign. That is just over half, 51% of the snaps. Played 32 snaps against the Jets, that's 46%. 20 snaps against the Vikings in week five, that's 30%. And uh, last Thursday against the Broncos, he played 35 snaps, that's the second most, and that is 49%. Uh, just uh, under half of the uh, offensive snaps. So Rasheed Rice, not only is he picking things up on the field and starting to play very well, uh, we went over the numbers earlier. Statistically speaking, he is the best wide receiver on the team, Um, but he's also playing more and more. I think this is now, you're six weeks into the season. You're a third into the season now. And I think you're at a point now with Rasheed Rice where this guy has to start being your number one wide receiver. This is the guy that has to, in my opinion, receive a majority of the snaps amongst all the wide receivers at this point. Yes, he's a rookie. Yes, he's still learning. I get all of that. But he's he's the guy that's the most productive. Um, Justin Watson's been productive, too, uh, with his yard, high yard per catch average. But unfortunately, he's got an elbow injury he's dealing with right now. And therefore, he's not available. So I'd like to see the Chiefs use Rasheed Rice more. Now, with McCall Hardman coming back, does that change things? Possibly, maybe not. Maybe the Chiefs 
want to use McCole Hardman and Rasheed Rice as their top two receivers. That certainly would be ideal for me. Now, I don't know how much McCole Hardman is going to play this week or if he is going to be active at all, but I think uh, it's going to be uh, very important to see how they handle Rasheed Rice's snap count and how McCole Hardman is going to be used moving forward. And I think those two could be a good combo. Is it going to be, you know, a dynamic duo? I don't think so. Um, the Chiefs still have some things to work on before they make that happen. But Rasheed Rice getting more offensive snaps and playing much better, I think is good news. And with McCole Hart, Hart, excuse me, McCole Hardman coming back, I think it's only going to make things better for the Chiefs offense. All right, uh, let's get into the game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. But before we get into that, let's hear from a new sponsor, Manscaped. We'll continue the show in just a moment, but we've got to give a shout out to another sponsor of ours, Manscaped. Football season is back, and you know what that means. Touchdown dances, Sunday tailgates, and epic fantasy showdowns. But fellas... Let's not forget the real MVP of the season. Introducing the all-new Beard Hedger Pro Kit by Manscaped, your ultimate luxury beard grooming experience. This kit is your secret weapon for staying sharp on and off the field. Don't fumble this opportunity. Head to manscaped.com and elevate your grooming game with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. You heard that right. 9 million men or 109 MetLife stadiums. So go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit is a grooming powerhouse built for precision and style, just like your favorite quarterback. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. Your grass is not artificial. Keep it shaved with Manscaped. All right, let's get into a Chiefs Chargers. The referee for this one, Trey Blake. So all you haters know who to blame after this one. If your preferred team doesn't win, let's be honest, your preferred team's not going to win. So you already know who to blame. It's rigged, right? Um, even though you, people still watch, even though people are convinced the NFL's rigged, they still watch. Makes no sense to me. And by the way, if you think it's rigged, why don't you bet on the games? I've been asking this every week and no one's answering because they know it's not rigged. Offensive coordinator. Oh, by the way, the announcers, Jim Nance and Tony Romo, everyone's two favorite broadcasters. Chargers offense uh, coordinated by Kellen Moore. Uh, moved around a little bit in his career, uh, spent some time with the Dallas Cowboys, now is part of the Chargers offense. You look at the Chargers offense, they're eighth in total offense, four spots behind Kansas City, they're fifth in passing, one spot ahead of KC, 18th in rushing, KC uh, is 11th in that category, seventh in points per game, two spots ahead of the Chiefs, and they're also... Tied for sixth most attempt, fourth down attempts this year. Uh, gambling 10 times, converting six of those 10 times. Um, they attempted the sixth most fourth downs in 2022, 15 of 29. And they had the third most attempts in 2021, 22 of 34 in uh, the 2021 season. Uh, so Brandon Staley loves to go for it. He goes for it often. If there's a chance to ice the game on fourth down, he will do it before he punts 100%. So I think the Chiefs defense, as great as it's been all year long, uh, the defense has to be ready for a lot of fourth down attempts in this one. Would not, I mean, I don't know if there's an over under for this kind of thing. I don't think there is, but if there was, man, I'd put it at two and a half. I think that is a pretty good number right there two and a half or three and a half. For how, for how many times Brandon Saley will go for it on fourth down because the Chargers do it often. Um, and listen, when you're going up against Patrick Bohms and Travis Kelsey, uh, you probably need to go for it more often than punting and kicking a field goal because you don't win against the Chiefs by doing that. You've got to uh, be gutsy and go for it. Um, 
And that's what Brandon Staley does. You look at Justin Herbert, everything he's done uh, this season for the uh, for the Chargers, 13th in passing yards with 1,333 yards, tied ninth in touchdown passes with nine thrown. Just two picks on the season, so he's done a good job of taking care of the uh, taking care of the football. He's been sacked just ten times, but the Cowboys generated pressure on forty seven percent of Herbert's dropbacks. So if you're the Chiefs, and you obviously you know you know what you're getting in that unit with uh, with Chris Jones, uh, you have um, George Karloftis, FAU. Mike Dan has played very well this season. Uh, maybe Charles Amina, who gets involved a little bit. Uh, maybe Frank Clark gets involved a little bit. Who knows? Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you've got the the guys up front to go out there and pressure uh, uh, Justin Herbert. Uh, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, they're capable of those uh, blitzes as well, coming from the inside um, right up the middle. Uh, we've seen them seen them do that a little bit. Joshua Kelly, their running back, has 58 carries for 209 yards. That is a whopping 3.6 yard per carry average, just one touchdown. Austin Eckler, one of their better running back, has 144 yards. That's 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, Herbert leads the team in rushing touchdowns with three, though. Uh, you look at their wide receivers, Keenan Allen, one of the best in the NFL. He's been a thorn in Kansas City side for a very long time. 42 catches for 519 yards and four touchdown grabs on the year. He also has 23 receptions that have resulted in first downs. All four of those categories I mentioned, he is in the top 10 and all of them in the NFL. So obviously Keenan Allen having a great season. Mike Williams, 19 catches for 249 yards and a touchdown. Joshua Palmer, 15 for 220 and a touchdown. Their tight end, Donald Parham Jr. He's got just eight catches for 52 yards and three touchdowns. Almost half of his, um, almost half of his catches. Uh, go for touchdowns. So this is definitely someone to keep your eye on in the red zone. Uh, definitely don't want to let Parham get loose in the uh, in the red zone because he can definitely score on Kansas City's on any defense. Really, uh, he's been very good in the red zone so far. So uh, they definitely need to keep an eye on him when the Chargers get to the red zone. Looking at the Chargers defense. Okay, get ready for this one. The Chiefs are facing the thirty-first ranked. Defense. Uh, the Chargers are 32nd against the pass, and uh, they're 23rd in uh, points allowed per game, almost 25 points per game allowed. Uh, Chiefs, by the way, second best, 14.7 points per game allowed. Man, that is good. Um, look, the Chiefs faced uh, the, the worst ranked defense last week, and they only put up, what was it, 19 points? Uh, how do they do in this one? Um, can we see a, a big improvement this week going up against another terrible defense? You got, you've got to, you absolutely have to, this is not a good chargers defense and the chargers offense, uh, has not been perfect, but they have been, uh, putting up points on the scoreboard a little better than Kansas city. So you got to be ready in this one. I think, I think this is going to be the game where the defense has the most challenges. Um, uh, I think it'll be the toughest test for the chiefs defense to date. Uh, Khalil Mack, uh, Joey Bosa, Patrick Mahomes commented on those guys earlier today, say, saying that those are two uh, among uh, some of the best pass rushers in the NFL this season. Khalil Mack has seven sacks on the year. That is tied for third most in the NFL with Trey Hendrickson and Josh Allen. Uh, not that Josh Allen. Uh, obviously, we're talking about the uh, Jaguars, Josh Allen. Um, his seven sacks have come a little weird. He had six last week against the Raiders, and then he had one on Monday Night Football on Dak Prescott. He did not have a sack in his first three games, but in the last two games, uh, he has really picked it up. Uh, the Chargers did have a bye week uh, entering Monday Night Football, so they were well-rested for that one. Now they're getting ready on a short week, uh, playing host to the Dallas Cowboys, and then getting ready to visit the Chiefs on a uh, pretty short week. So I know a lot of people like to make a big deal out of that. I think that is honestly overblown a little bit. Um in general, these teams still know how to prepare for those kinds of situations. Uh, Khalil Mack also has six tackles for a loss. Uh, that puts him just outside the top 10, and he's got a pair of forced fumbles on the season. Uh, Morgan Fox, the defensive end for the Chargers, has five sacks on the year. Joey Bosa has three. The Chargers have a as a team have 21 sacks, so 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offensive line definitely need to be ready. You look at some of the other highlights on this uh, on this uh, uh, Chargers de- uh, defense. Kenneth Murray, the linebacker, leading tackler with 35. He also has an interception. Asante Samuel has an interception as well. Uh, J.C. Jackson also got an interception for the Chargers, but he's no longer with the Chargers. He got traded to that shitstorm uh, that's called the New England Patriots. Some other guys on this defense to account for, Derwin James, Michael Davis, uh, just Sir Taylor, uh, who they use a lot in nickelback packages. So uh, those are uh, some of the guys on their defense. But in general, has outside of Mack and Bosa, this is not a very good defense. Uh, Khalil Mack has picked it up the last two games for sure after a very quiet First three games to start the season. So Khalil Mack, and again, going up against uh, Jawan Taylor and uh, Donovan Smith, uh, I, I would not be surprised if Khalil Mack's able to go out there and get some pressure on Patrick Mahomes. So the Chiefs have to be ready for that. Get ready for some of these quick outs, these quick passes on offense uh, with your speedsters that you have. We kind of went over. But how is that going to pan out? We don't know. I would not be surprised if Travis Kelsey has another big game. He had a monster game against the Denver Broncos, uh, surpassed the 100-yard mark before halftime. So it would not surprise me if Patrick Mahomes is targeting Travis Kelsey a lot in this one. By the way, something important to note about Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey obviously missed the first game of the year with a knee injury. He dealt with an ankle injury not too long ago. So this guy's already missed one game and has two injuries, uh, two injuries he's dealt with. He leads the NFL in receiving yards among tight ends. This is how good Travis Kelsey is, man. I mean, the guy, obviously not the best start to the season, missing a game, dealing with injuries, and he still has more receiving yards than every tight end out there. This is how damn good Travis Kelsey is. And this is why I've always said so many times for so many different reasons, and this is just another one to the list, why he's the best tight end in NFL history. So would not surprise me if Travis Kelsey has another big game for the second week in a row. Special teams, uh, kicker Cameron Dicker. Dicker the kicker, 7 of 8 field goals. The uh, field goal he missed came in week 3 against the Vikings from uh, more than 50 yards out. And their punter, J.K. Scott, not very good. His net average is just over 38 yards per punt, severely below average, uh, and that's putting it kindly. Their rookie returner, Darius Davis, he's 7th in the NFL in total punt return yards off uh, 10 punt returns on the season. So uh, Chiefs special teams definitely needs to be ready for that. And listen, I mentioned Brandon Saley wanted to go for it so much on fourth down. The Chiefs have allowed two fourth down conversions on fake punts. So uh, Chiefs special teams unit absolutely needs to be ready for a fake punt because I'm sure Brandon Saley has caught that on tape and I'm sure the Chiefs certainly are aware Brandon Saley loves to go for it on fourth down. So I really hope the Chiefs are going to be ready for those uh, fourth down um, uh, opportunities the Chargers want to take advantage of, whether it is on offense, uh, with the Chargers offense, or on special teams when they try to go for those fake punts. So as I said, I think this is going to be the toughest test for the Chiefs defense. Um, I know the Chiefs have not allowed twenty more than 21 points in a game this year so far. The Chiefs defense, they've been tremendous all year. I think this is going to be a, a tough game for them, but I think the Chiefs offense is going to step it up and have one of their better performances this season, and you have to do that if you're going to beat the Chargers because the Chargers, uh, defensively, yeah, they're they're terrible, but offensively, they're capable of, uh, of, of of doing some things. I think the Chiefs defense will have their issues at times, but I think they'll, they'll also pull through at times and come away with a, a takeaway or two or maybe a big stop on third down or fourth down to prevent the Chargers from lighting up the scoreboard and also getting Justin Herbert off the field. Uh, in general, with, with Mahomes, I think Kelsey's going to have a big game. I mentioned that earlier. I think they're going to rely on Jarek McKinnon a little more in this one. I want to say Isaiah Pacheco, and I think Pacheco will be used, of course, but I think McKinnon can have one of those games like he had uh, towards the end of last season in the regular season that helped him win AFC Offensive Player of the Month to end the regular season. I think we can see that Jarek McKinnon in this game. The Chiefs are going to need some help, and we know the wide receivers are not the most reliable. I don't see McCole Hardman being a factor in this one. My prediction I don't think he plays. And if he does, it might just be very, like, no more than 10 snaps. I'd be shocked if it was anything more than that. So I think 
with the Chiefs, you you need to utilize McKinnon more in this game. Obviously, continue what you're doing with Rasheed Rice. He's made a lot of progress as a rookie, and I think this is the time for him to step up even more so against a Chargers team uh, that's capable of putting up some points. So he's going to have to help the Chiefs move the football and potentially catch one in the end zone. Maybe two. That would be awesome. I'm going to go 34-27 Kansas City. Like I said, I think the Chiefs are going to allow more than 21 points for the first time this season. But I think the Chiefs offense can also have one of their better performances this year. So 34-27, that is my prediction for Sunday's game. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Chiefs Zone podcast. A lot of things we covered here on this episode. For those of you who are uh, watching the live edition of the podcast on Facebook and on YouTube, greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. For those of you who joined late, the podcast version will be available in about an hour. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast version, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, all those places where you can download and listen to podcasts. Go there and subscribe to the Chiefs Zone Podcast on there. If you haven't done so, follow me on social media. If you look at the podcast, uh, look at the description on the podcast. I have all my links on there, as well as my sponsors. Big shout out to SeatGeek, Manscaped, and Cable Dahmer, Kansas City. Uh, Cable Dahmer, Cadillac of Kansas City. So make sure you guys check those guys out. Other than that, that is it. I'm out. Fully loaded episode of the Chief Zone Podcast, but hey, would not have it any other way. Big thanks to all of you guys for joining me tonight. I'm out of here. My name is Farzim Vasugian. Talk to you guys for our Red Friday live chat. Take care.